0: Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Carl Reader Show, and this will be a hybrid of a bullet point business and an Unlocking the Magic show, where I'll be talking about some key principles that actually apply to every single business, Um, but some of the takeaways will be very specific to businesses within the sporting world. So some of you who follow me on social media, at Carl Reader if you don't already, we'll know that I've become involved in the running of a local football club. Um, so that football club is Hungerford Town. They currently sit within the sixth tier of English football. So it's a very, very high standard for um, such a small town. have yeah, the town population is about five and a half thousand and they're playing amongst teams like Torquay um, and Billericay with tens of thousands being paid on wages, etc. So So it's, it's a great project to be involved in. And my duty there is to bring some business expertise to the table and to really help convert what is a not-for-profit club into a not-for-profit club that's sustainable for the future. And what I'm going to be doing and what I'm going to be sharing today as well is bringing in the principles of other sporting businesses but also other general businesses. And what I've seen work and what I've seen doesn't work. One of the big problems that I've seen that doesn't work within sporting businesses And it's a problem that Michael E. Gerber alluded to in the e-myth about a cookery business. It's not just restricted to sport. Is that sometimes the activity that you deliver gets confused with the business. So what do I mean by that? If we take Michael Gerber's example of um, Sarah who owned a cake shop and she was baking pies and she was making the very best pies that she could bake, she was more concerned about the business of making pies than the business of running a bakery shop she was more concerned about the quality of what's happening. And I've seen this so many times. So to bring this to um, the sporting world, martial arts schools, some of you might know if you've dug into my background that I've worked with a number of martial arts schools, probably about 250 across the UK and worked with um, quite a few internationally as well. And the challenge that martial arts schools had always had was that in general, they confused the sport with the business they perceived that being a black belt within their own martial art equated to being a black belt within their business. And that often wasn't the case. In fact, it could be argued that sometimes there was actually a negative correlation between the two. You know, The better that you were as a martial artist and focused on your own competitions and your own training, um, the less likely it was that you would have the time or the resources to devote into building a business uh, that operated commercially. This doesn't just apply to local clubs. I've also worked with a premiership football club before. And amazingly, they had some of the best individuals within that business that you could imagine. You know, some real corporate heavyweights. But the ultimate decision maker was a former player who was great in the 70s. And it was madness how, um, unfortunately, the commercial work that was being done by the teams was jeopardized by um, somebody who was fantastic on a football pitch, but not necessarily proven within the commercial world. So that's the first thing that I would ask you all to bear in mind. Whatever your business, whatever your trade, and if it is a sport, whatever your sport, you need to separate sporting performance, um, performance from both yourself and performance from your pupils, with um, the performance of the business. You need to be very clear that they're two very different things. Now, regardless of whether you're running a not-for-profit entity, as I am serving for Hungerford, or whether you're running this commercially, you then need to look at revenue drivers because often there are more revenue drivers than you would expect within any club or sporting organisation. Um, so with the club, yeah, we're looking at sponsorships, we're looking at ticket sales, we're looking at bar takings, uh, but we're also looking at how we can extend it out. So one of those areas is by what is known as sweating the assets. We've got a clubhouse that isn't used anywhere near as much as it could be. So could it be used for events, for workshops, for conferences, for parties, for weddings, for christenings, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? Are we making as much of the sponsorships as we can? You know, at the moment the guys have a sponsor on the front of their shirt. But can we look at slapping something on their sleeve, on their back, on their shorts, on the training kits? Yeah, you know, there's there's so many opportunities that can come from that. And for any business, you need to identify what your revenue drivers are. So the individual levers that you have that you can pull, and then how many ways that you can pull them without upsetting your core customer. So again, I'm going to go back to a, um, a sporting tuition club, as that's the Concept of this. Um, If we look at a sporting tuition club, then yeah, they might have their monthly membership fees. Now, it might be that they're actually collecting them um, day to day on the door, and a simple change that they can make is to convert them to direct debit to secure um, the regular income and to ensure that there's no downtime when kids go on holiday, so on and so forth. Um, But they can also then look at their average customer value, and that will be comprised of a number of things. It will be the membership fee, but it will also be refreshment sales. It could be kit sales. It could be um, that there's a charge for examinations or gradings. It could be that there's package sales during downtime. Um, you know, Perhaps school holidays, there can be extra classes offered. You can see there's a number of revenue drivers that can be identified and then tweaked to maximise the income of the club. Once you've done that, you can then look at what other things can you do? Because once you've identified your revenue drivers, you've found the right pricing and the right process to put them into place. You then need to look at opening up the funnel Now, we all hear of things like click funnels and so on. I'm not talking about online marketing here. I'm talking about opening up the funnel of prospects so that more people know about you and your club, more people know about what it is that you actually do, and ultimately, you get more customers. So the funnel has a couple of stages. The first bit that you need to open up is the conversion, because this is where a lot of clubs go wrong. Let's say that you are um, teaching kids how to play tennis. It might be that you believe that your own expertise in playing tennis is enough to get the kids on board, but it's really not. You need to look at having a defined sales process, and that defined sales process shouldn't be overtly um, sales-focused, but actually should be warm, friendly, and has to focus on two areas. First of all, it needs to appeal to the parent um, because the parent is typically the person who will be paying the bills. They will be the ones who are making the direct debit. And secondly, you need to appeal to the child. Again, I'm gonna bring a martial arts experience here because this is perhaps where there's the biggest discrepancy between desire of parent and desire of child. Um, If you take a martial arts school, often the parent wants their child to have respect, have discipline, Um, perhaps without telling the child it might be for um, socialising or um, confidence within class, but usually it's very much focused towards uh, the personal um, self-development characteristics that can be um, brought to play, whereas the child doesn't really want to become um, an expert in certain kicks or certain punches. The child wants to become a Ninja Turtle. They want to jump around. They want to show off. They want to be doing spinning kicks and so on. They want to show off to their mates. They actually don't care about respect and discipline and so on. In fact, it's probably the furthest thing from their mind when they um, think about going through martial arts. So there's a split sales process. And the same will, will apply to all sports, you know, and um, parents will have a different driver to send their child to a dance school than the child would have. Uh, there'll be different drivers with football, with theatre arts tuition and so on. So you need to understand who are your customers. And there might be more than one customer. So that opens up the, um, the very bottom of the funnel. The next part of driving eyeballs and bringing leads in, Once you've once you've worked on that conversion and you're sure that you're not gonna have a leaky bucket, you then need to look at how you engage with the local community. And again, this is something we're doing for football club. This is all fairly basic stuff and it doesn't matter what sport, what club you do, or in fact, what business you do. You know, let, let's say that you are a, um, an independent bookshop. You want to make sure that you can convert customers so that you don't turn them away. Um, you then want to make sure that you get eyeballs coming in. You might be passionate about reading, but you need to become passionate about your business of selling books. So what can you do there? Well, the principles that apply for sporting businesses apply for everything. You should be looking at partnerships. You should be looking at cost-effective advertising. You should be looking at PR. You should be looking at running events. You should be looking at really being seen to be the authority of the space that you are within. Becoming that person that's known for what you do. And you will attract people along the way. Now, I see a lot of businesses today focusing very much on one area. So they might focus on Twitter or they might focus on Facebook or they might focus on events or they might focus on leaflet drop To be truly successful and truly rounded with this kind of approach, you need to make sure that you've um, you've got a multi-factor approach and that you've identified the different ways that you can engage the prospects, the, the different ways that you can demonstrate that you are an authority in this space. And then, Just keep working at them. Consistency, consistency, consistency. So guys, listen, that was a snapshot As I said, it was in between a bullet point business and an an Unlocking the Magic episode. I'm confident that there will be things that any of you can take away for your own business. Now, I mentioned about the club. I would love it if you can give the club a follow at Hungerford Town. Um, We're looking at doing some amazing things over the next season or two. And I can't share too much about the moment, but it's worth keeping an eye on them because we are certain we've got a club with a difference. I've really appreciated your time listening, and I look forward to speaking to you soon. Thank you for listening to The Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, DT Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com. QuickBooks, helping UK small businesses stay on top of their finances.